こんにちは田中ゆりです科学は最高ですあはいはいはいバークレーサイエンスグロックの時間がやってまいりました田中由里です Good afternoon You are listening to Radio Barclay Science Groups I'm Yuri Tanaka That's right It's a look at science, technology and their effects on our daily lives I'm Julia Vo Coming up on today's show Hermit Crafts Japanese Climate and Chemistry Online I'm Frank Ling And joining us are Erica Pringsheim Moore to talk about Earth Day activities and Max Rosenblum On the Make Fair. We also find out about EMF impulses. My name is Jason g i s h o So stay tuned for all that, plus the Grokatron 5000 coming right up here on the Berkeley Grok's Science Show. I'm Frank Ling. And I guess that makes me Charles Lee. So, how are you doing, Frank? Oh, pretty good. Actually,、uh, a little crowded, actually. <laughs> Getting crowded, more crowded by the minute, in fact, it seems.、So. <laughs> we must be reducing or something, huh? Right. Binary fission, I think, is how that's <laughs> happening. Well, we have a number of、uh, very special guests in the studio who are all going to hopefully contribute to the science、uh, wisdom that we will have today. And among them, we have. Julia, I'm an undergrad IB student here at Berkeley. Hi, I'm Yuri. I'm an international student from Japan. I'm Jason. I'm a student doing BA. I'm Matt from Kenya, i s back. It's our science advisor from Kenya. <laughs> We're glad to have our special guests in the studio. The international tour de force. Right.、Now. Well, since we do have some new correspondents in the studio, we always like to let our listeners know what they're doing on the campus and why they have decided to. Join us on the Berkeley Grox. Tell us about their science. Yes, indeed, your science. What do you do on campus, Julia? Apparently, I'm a glutton for punishment, <laughs> which is why I'm a science major. So, I'm in my fourth year taking a couple of classes that I don't need to be taking. Apparently, she's talking about English. <laughs> Well, I think that's why we all love science because it enlightens us so much, right? It also has free travels, right? Didn't you take a trip to Tahiti or something? That's true, free traveling. Well, not necessarily free traveling. An excuse to travel, I still had to pay for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you were collecting snails or something over there? I was playing with hermit crabs, and I'm going to hell for torturing hermit crabs、yeah. on They're Tahiti. They're pretty tasty, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I never tasted a hermit crab. Oh, no,、crab. you're not supposed to eat them. I cooked them, but I didn't taste them.、Hmm. And then our other guest? How have you found yourself on the Berkeley campus? <laughs> I'm actually an exchange student, and then I'm not a science student.、Oh. I'm now studying international studies.、Oh. But it's so wonderful. Now,、yeah. I understand you also do a radio program back in Japan, is that right? Yes, right, right, right. I had a radio program in like, my local community, which is called Tsukuba. And then I had a monthly radio program and TV program. And then for so far here in Berkeley, I'm now having a project which is called Nonbi. 
Violence DVD Project. Yeah, it's about nonviolence education、oh. documentary film.、Wow. Most of us advocate nonviolence. Science is nonviolence. We did build a couple of bombs. <laughs> Pretty much every weapon out there. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> also, that reminds me Mahatma Gandhi said nonviolence is a science. Wow, he was a scientist after all. <laughs> well, science is international. <laughs> all right, well, we hope、uh, you'll be able to add some international perspective to our science today. So,、uh, how do you like the、uh, ACS website, the American Chemical Society's、uh, webpage? Not、It's、me. Supposedly the largest scientific society in the world or something like that. Wow, actually, I haven't yet. <laughs> Is there reason to, Frank? Well, there's actually a、uh, so called competitor to the site now. So the ACS website is、uh, chemistry.org, but now there's another site called chemistry.com. And if you could guess who it's run by, match.com. So apparently, chemistry.com is now a dating site. <laughs> You can learn some chemistry there. But it turns out to be a good thing because、um, people at ACS have now been getting more hits because people who think that they're going to chemistry.com have been going to chemistry.org by accident. All right. Perhaps the ACS should actually set up a dating site of themselves、uh-huh. <laughs> to help、uh, facilitate interactions. <laughs> yes. And reactions. Interactions for those who don't have time. <laughs>、right. mm. Well, there seems to be sort of a repulsive field going on in science. Perhaps they can help work on、uh, lowering the activation energy or barrier there. <laughs>、mm. If people want to check out either chemistry.com, chemistry.org, is there any special area of the site they should go to?、Uh, not particularly, just the,、uh, the front page、uh, explains everything away. And、uh, the one thing that the、uh, ACES director is relieved about is that it's not a competitor's website. Oh, <laughs> cool. Well, you know, I always thought match.com would one day go into、uh, solid state physics or something, but at least they've moved into the central science. <laughs> Well, we have an international correspondent from Japan, so I'm, I'm actually curious what is going on in the world of science in Japan? Science in Japan. Actually, get an email from my friend, and then he said, Global warming is seriously affected. Japan. Oh, just Japan. Oh, okay. So the rest of the world's okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. So we, so we know we're not to go. <laughs> <laughs> so anything、uh, special happened this year? You know, that global warming is very tricky. He'll push you down on the sidewalk. <laughs> so, is Japan doing anything special to address the global warming issue? It's actually, you know, in Kyoto,、uh, because of Kyoto Protocol,、mm-hmm. you know, Japanese Science Society trying to get involved more scientists and then get international people in Kyoto and then conducting new proposal. Right. I, I think the rest of the world has signed it to some extent, except the US and、uh, yeah. Australia or one, one、okay. of the other countries. Australia really should because those kangaroos are producing a lot of <laughs> extra. <laughs> <laughs> But、uh, it's set to expire in 2012.、Mm-hmm. So I think there's rumblings going on that they need a successor, one that's even more drastic in terms of、uh, emissions cuts than the、okay. Kyoto Protocol since we、mm-hmm. haven't made any progress. All right. But it actually, emission in Japan is now reduced at the point of 2002. So I think in Japan it's going so well. Oh, so it's actually going down.、Mm-hmm. Oh. There must be more public transportation in Japan. Ah,、uh, 
Ah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you also get a lot of nuclear power, right? Ah, right, right, right. But it recently like a magnetic train just oh, yeah. under the construction, but it might be open pretty soon. Magnets don't usually emit a lot of greenhouse gases. <laughs> are, are these the ones where the trains uh, levitate? So then there's like no friction when the, when yes, the train yes, yes. moves? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. But we still have to do something about that global warming causing people to slip. <laughs> <laughs> Is your university doing anything special? In my university, University of Tsukuba, we are now have a research group on global warming and then Actually, it seems like FBI or CIA or a secret project. So <laughs> oh. I actually haven't touched, <laughs> touched it, but it's going so well, according to my professor. Well, I guess news from Japan. How about news from some tropical island countries? Anyone have news there? So I was in Tahiti over the summer. Where exactly is that? It is south of Hawaii. I actually didn't know where it was until about a week before. Oh, I just found out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Way south of Hawaii. So Is the weather nice all the time? Except when it's raining. It rains like no other. (laughs) So what were you doing in Tahiti? I was actually at the Gump Research Station, which is actually on Morea, but no one ever knows what I'm talking about when I say Morea, so I just say Tahiti. So this facility, is it run by UC Berkeley? Yeah, the Gump Berkeley Station. Mm. Does the Gump stand for anything? Gump is an alcoholic who used to own the land and gave it to Berkeley. So (laughs) he actually, uh, I think, ran his boat into a bar across the bay on which the Gump Station is on. I didn't know you you could own an island just by being an alcoholic. (laughs) I need more alcoholic friends. (laughs) I think my guidance counselor gave me the wrong career path. (laughs) Yeah, he was a rich guy, so. Uh, All I own is a car that doesn't go in reverse. So So did you experience any hurricanes or tropical storms while you were there? No, but one of the classes did. I went there for a class, the biology and geomorphology of tropical islands class. And one of the classes was actually there for a hurricane, and that put a damper on their research. So what was the project on the station? You come up with your own project, Ah. and I chose to work with hermit crabs, and I pulled them out of their shells (laughs) and took their measurements, essentially. And And then you put them back in, right? Yeah. I tried to put them back in. Sometimes they wouldn't go back Uh, in. Well, you have to match them to the correct shell. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. So, I mean, these crabs, I mean, what exactly do they look like? Is it just a crab? So hermit crabs are usually pretty cute, but without their shell, they're not so cute. Looks uh, like people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of just a stick of flesh where their shell used to be once you take them out of their shell. Uh-huh. When you say you return it back to its shell, is it alive or dead at the time? Yeah, hermit crabs pick up shells that they don't produce themselves. So. And then they have to find bigger shells as they grow much larger, right? Yeah, yeah. So was there any fascinating uh, discovery that came out of, Greece. other than Tahiti's a nice place, or Morea actually, I guess is a nice place. Apparently, the Polynesians really like pizza and Chinese food because those were the only restaurants that were on Maria. You didn't have Starbucks? (laughs) No Starbucks. Uh No a lot of things. (laughs) That's got to be the last place on Earth that doesn't have a Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. They actually have one on Mars, I think. I heard penguins are drinking from Starbucks. Are are there future trips to Maria in Uh, in the future? I might go back if I have time. (laughs) What is their traditional food? Hawaii, they say traditional food is the spam. spam. I don't think spam is <laughs> no, I thought you said sperm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking about, Charles? Well, <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, the Polynesian food was really starchy, a lot of tubers and pork. Well, wow. pork, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I enjoyed the food too much, but... <laughs> well, maybe when they open up a Starbucks, it'll be worth going back. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's actually interested in this research, has anything been published, or is there anything people can read about hermit crabs that is fascinating? There's a lot of research about hermit crabs, so if people are interested, then <laughs> they can just find articles about hermit crabs pretty much everywhere. Great. Thanks a lot. And that is all for our look at current developments in the world of science and technology this week. This is Berkeley Grox listening to here on 90.7 FM. In a few moments, we'll find out about Earth Day activities at the State Park and the Make Fair, so stay tuned. back to Berkeley Rocks. Well, it's now April and Earth Day is just around the corner. Well, organizations across America are organizing activities to increase awareness for the environment and the ecology around us. Uh, one of these is the California States Park Foundation and joining us today is Ms. Erica Pringsham Moore, a spokesperson to talk about some of their activities. Uh, Ms. Pringsham Moore, thanks so much for joining us today. First of all, what is the state of the state, and uh, what activities are we looking forward to? Well, to start with the state of state parks, um, right now the state parks are facing a $900 million backlog in maintenance projects that can't be completed due to lack of funds and a severe staffing shortage. So we're really in a situation where parks need our help. We need to do something as a community to get out and, and try to make a difference to help these parks because our, our state is not supporting them in the way that we would like. Uh, there just isn't enough funding to go around, and, and we're actually hoping that there will be a bond issue in June uh, that will help address this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so could you tell us a little bit about the activities you're planning for this coming Saturday? Certainly. Yeah, the State Parks Foundation had developed its Earth Day Restoration and Cleanup Program nine years ago to help address the problem of these backlogged projects. So we welcome volunteers on Saturday, April 22nd from about 9, 9 in the morning till 1 o'clock in the afternoon to come out and help us work on some of these projects. So in 
the East Bay area um, at East Shore State Park in Berkeley. We'll be out there doing a shoreline cleanup, picking up trash, and, and doing some non-native plant removal around the beach and trail areas. Um, it's a, a great park that's in development, so it's something that um, really needs some attention because there isn't regular staff there. And if listeners are interested in participating in activities sponsored um, by your foundation, uh, where should they uh, go to? Yeah, if, if listeners are interested in learning about project sites where they can volunteer on Earth Day, you can log on to our website, which is calparks.org, and on there you'll find a complete listing of all our project sites throughout California. So if you're not interested in, in staying in Berkeley on Earth Day or you want to go out to Golden Gate Park or to Mount Diablo or some of the other sites that we're coordinating, uh, you'll find information on calparks.org that uh, you can call to register or you can actually register on our website to come out and volunteer. Spring Ward, thank you so much for joining us today on Berkeley Grox. Thank you so much for having me. And we were just talking to Ms. Erica Pringsham Moore from the California States Park Foundation. Today here in Berkeley, um, Amazonian leaders will speak at the I House, the International House, at 6 p.m. to talk about their experiences with the Chevron Corporation. Next Wednesday, April 26, Amazon Watch will be sponsoring two protests, one in Berkeley uh, starting at 11.45 with a march down to the Chevron station at Telegraph and Ashby. Also in the city, around 5 p.m., there will be a protest at the Chevron station at Harrison and 6th. Uh, for more information, check out their website at amazonwatch.org. Alright, now switching uh, gears here a little bit is uh, Max Rosenblum to talk about the Make Fair. Uh, Max? Started only last year, Make Magazine has brought the DIY and hacker world up to street level and in a format accessible to just about everyone. The idea came to publisher Dale Doherty a couple years ago as Martha Stewart for Geeks. And so the magazine is full of projects for every skill level along with interviews of technology pioneers. This coming weekend, they'll be having their first annual Maker Fair at the San Mateo Fairgrounds, where professional engineers, all the way down to backyard inventors, will get together and share their creations. The magazine is put out by O'Reilly, a publishing house you may know by their many dense computer books with those pretty animal illustrations on the cover. I sat down with associate publisher Dan Woods and asked him how O'Reilly decided to make the jump to doing a glossy. Yeah, O'Reilly um, really sort of captures the collective knowledge of innovators in the world and brings that back to our community through books, now magazines. Make is our first magazine. And our online uh, websites. We have a whole network of, uh, of technology websites as well. So, you know, we have a lot of experience doing that. And I think one of the things that we started to get feedback from our readers was that there was a sense of real delight in project-oriented uh, material and a real desire to put the fun back in technology again, if you will. And then the, the proof was uh, when we launched the magazine, we were 
absolutely overwhelmed. It was really, really a lot of fun. I mean, we're learning how to do a magazine ourselves for the first time, and we had been out for about three or four weeks, and one day our, our subscription fulfillment house down in North Hollywood, the guy calls me up and he says, our servers keep crashing, and we traced it back to make signups. And and about that same moment, one of our online editors, you know, pinged me and said, you know, we just got slash dotted. Well, we had about 1,800 subscription signups literally within a 24-hour period of time. And so when that happened, we knew, oh, I, you know, I think we're on to something. As a reader, one of the things that is so cool about Make is that the projects are all designed to be really accessible. Yeah, we, we think so. I mean, when we first were creating the magazine, um, Dale and I would talk a lot about who we thought the demographic was that, that we were that we were targeting. And, and we could only guess because this was pretty exciting stuff to us and all the people of different ages that we were bringing into the fold. So we tried to take that and turn it around and say, well, who are the people that we're really going to attract with Make? And we, we sort of thought we were going to be going after 45 to 55 and 60-year-old people. And we definitely went and captured that crowd. But what was really exciting to us was to see this was this was occurring from everything from middle school kids. I mean, we have people writing in all the time who honestly tell us the same story. It's like, I can't find my make half the time because my kid has it out in the garage. He's building the, the see-through glow-in-the-dark potato cannon. So we were finding that the Gen Y crowd, the Gen X crowd, um, whatever you want to label them, all the way up to people that are in their 60s and 70s, these people all talk about things in a very different way. But when you get them together, they have this common DNA that ties them together about how to do things and how to create things. And they have no problem cutting across all the boundaries. So we, we do draw people from all spectrums, uh, people that are MIT PhDs to people that have never taken a science course in their life and are just kind of getting into science and technology for the first time. So Now, do you guys get a lot of flack from the industry, seeing as how, I mean, you tell people to take a screwdriver and crack open their iPods to rewire well, them? Well, we're a little bit we're a little bit renegade. I mean, I, th- I certainly think that we do things that are not um, expected by the original manufacturer of the equipment or product and and you know no apologies i mean uh, you know hallelujah that that's what people ought to be doing that's how people learn i mean that's when technology really starts to happen and you know if we can facilitate that you know with a magazine and and our online site and our events um, and inspire that we're going to do that now Having said that, I think what you'll really find is there's an awful lot of manufacturers who won't say this publicly, but but sort of off the record will say, this is really cool. Because, you know, I mean, who doesn't have a closet somewhere with a shoebox that's got a bunch of, you know, an old mouse and some old trackballs and lots of stuff like that? And I think most manufacturers realize that the more people play and experiment and understand what's inside the box, probably the more product that they're they're ultimately going to sell. So, So this weekend is your first Maker Faire. Tell me a little bit about what this is going to be. I've given up on trying to describe this any more um, briefly than as follows. It's like a combination of Woodstock, Science Fair, and Burning Man all in one. It is filled with over 200 individual makers who don't pay a thing. They were invited in. We did call for makers all around the world looking for people that do really, really cool stuff. I mean, we have people who have built a flock of blimps that automatically, I mean, they fly around and avoid people, objects, at, you know, as they as they navigate their way around. Autonomous blimps. Um, we have lots and lots of robots. We have rockets. Uh, we have the crucible coming in that's going to bring in their fire truck and do the glass bending and, and, and blacksmithing off the back. Um, we have circuit bending bicycle building, circuit board building, making and learning how to make almost anything imaginable. Um, I might add that Maker Faire is taking place on, next Saturday is Earth Day. And a really important part of the make movement is 
Learning how to be resourceful about the materials and, and things that are already in your life. Um, you know, that computer, you don't have to sneak it down and throw it out in the dump. Um, there's better things to do with it. And if you don't know what to do with it, there's other people who do. And so we're actually going to have, we've got an actual recycling center. So people can bring computer parts when they come to, to Maker Fair. And there's going to be a guy there that, that's actually going to be um, building a whole cluster computer out of all the parts. And they're going to be doing this real time as the fair is going on. So... Um, there's also a big crafting movement um, that we're starting to tap into. We started to realize there's a, a sensibility between the geeks and a lot of the crafters are doing more renegade crafting. Some of them actually combine um, technology with craft. So I think what's more important than the magazine itself probably is the movement that we think we've tapped into here. The fair is happening this weekend at the San Mateo Fairgrounds. For more information or to buy tickets, check out makerfair.com. You can also check out the magazine's project-filled website at makezine.com. Dan Woods, thanks so much. Thank you. I think by coincidence, we've discovered that it's someone's birthday today. Who's, whose birthday could that possibly be? Frank, is that yours? Uh, I don't think so. Jason, is it yours? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Julie, is it yours? I'm pretty sure it's not, unless it involves free gifts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think it's mine, so that only leaves one person left here. All right. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is my 21st anniversary. 21. Second drink now, right? Yes. <laughs> you have been officially approved by the Bush uh, Constitution to join the. Bush. Yes, I'm officially approved by George W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> is there any special tradition in Japan for those with birthdays? Ah, uh, for birthday, I usually just having dinner with my family and then. I get present. Oh. <laughs> and drinking? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Hey, we're on tonight, All right? right. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll be drinking later in the evening, so. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. We should be drinking sake or what? Yes, sake. <laughs> oh, boy. Rice will do a lot of damage to the body. Oh, no, 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 no. It's actually, sake is scientifically proved that it's good for health. <laughs> Well, happy birthday once again. Thank you so much. And now it's the man from Kenya with the answer to last week's question of the week. Uh, EMF is an electronic magnet field which interrupts electronic gadgets. So this week's question of the week is, is urine sterile? If you think you know the answer, email us at grok at hotmail.com. You won't win anything, but you'll have a replacement for lemonade. <laughs> はい、えー、これで終了です。Thank you very much for listening and that's all for weekly edition for Grox. I'm Yuri Tanaka.
Make sure to tune in next week for more on modern science and technology. I'm Julia Vo. And I'm Franklin. You can also email us here at grocks at hotmail.com. I'm Charles Lee. If you'd like to see us on the web, you can look at www.grox.net. Uh, my name is Jason Gishawi. Have a good uh, afternoon and stay tuned for more music. Thank you.